This is Cruex by 2X, the podcast for learners. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Cruex by 2X. My name is Eunice, and this show is for all of our student listeners out there. We know that studying and learning comes with its whole set of challenges and setbacks, but we're here to help break down some of the scary and stressful mental barriers that you might have set in place for yourself. This series will showcase a wide range of individuals and their journeys to get to where they are now. For today's episode, we've actually invited a good friend of mine, Brian. So Brian, why don't you introduce yourself and share a fun fact with us? Hey, Eunice, and I'd love to start off by thanking you for bringing me in to this podcast. Um, so I am a fourth year student at the University of British Columbia. I'm majoring in sociology and I'm doing an honors in that degree and I am minoring in philosophy. Fun fact about myself, I like to powerlift and also play ultimate. Wow, those are seemingly different sports where you need different body types. <laughs> yeah, kind of. But, I mean, you can work out in the gym and then it translates, I guess. Fair enough. So we're going to start this interview by bringing it all the way back to the very beginning. When you were a kid, did you know what you wanted to be? Or did you know that sociology was something you even wanted to pursue? I think sociology was kind of something I developed an interest in eventually. It was during high school mostly. Originally, I wanted to go into culinary school to become a chef. Um, And that was kind of my entire thing. But I know like sociology and being a chef and uh, doing all of these different things are like a wide spectrum. So eventually I came to wanting to do sociology. And then eventually right now I'm thinking of going into the public sector. Okay, maybe we can dive a bit more into that later. Sure. Uh, Could you describe what your academic experience was like both in high school and during your time now in post-secondary? I'd say high school was a pretty interesting experience. I kind of flip-flopped between two high schools. I went to one for like two weeks and then my mom decided to like transfer me over to another one. So I ended up losing a lot of friends at that point in my life. But obviously like now it's different because I know different people. But at that point in my life, it was kind of a big shock. I think that high school was an interesting experience. I got to do a lot of different things, especially sports wise. I got to play a lot of different sports, but Academically, I'd say I was an all right student. I wasn't like the best. Um, I didn't really care too much about school uh, in grade eight to 10, probably (laughs) kind of like 11 to 12. You get a kick in the rear and you're like, yeah, I kind of need to try harder now. Yeah, I got to keep up with everyone else. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Right. So I I think that's kind of when I turned a new leaf (laughs) a little bit. Post-secondary, I thought was I thought it was hard at first. But I never really, you know, had the highest expectations, I think, especially my first year. I failed my first final in psych. (laughs) So, you know, things happen in post-secondary. And I think one of the things I learned is nothing is going to go your way or how you think it's going to go when you enter post-secondary. So you just have to roll with the punches, essentially, that life gives you in post-secondary. I really like that. I'm rolling with the punches right now, too. (laughs) Exactly. Can't expect Um, too much. Yeah. So you mentioned that you kind of discovered your interest for sociology in high school. How did you decide to pursue your major? Because I recall you considered going into psychology for a little while and even considered being a teacher for a moment. Yeah. How did you decide? (laughs) How did you decide (laughs) to pursue uh, sociology? Was there a life changing experience or encounter? 
I think originally I wanted to do psychology because I was just interested in the human mind. And at that time, I was thinking of becoming a social worker, but mm. I pushed myself away from becoming a social worker because they're underpaid essentially. And I didn't want to get into a role where it would be a lot of stress because social work is a stressful environment. And、mm -hmm. God bless their souls because they're very important people. So I just decided not to do psych. I probably could have done psych still if I really wanted to, but it just didn't interest me. Also,、right. failing my first final in my first year is kind of like you know maybe this is not for me. Of course. <laughs> but in regards to your question about pursuing soci, I think I've always been interested in social studies in high school, and I think I credit that a lot to my socials eleven teacher, Mix Bennett, but also my law teacher, so Miss Connor. She was a big influence as well. She taught me how to write a lot <laughs> in terms of like academic writing. So with those two experiences, I think that pushed me towards thinking more about society and how social structures and law, for example, affect individuals in society and the impacts law can have, whether it be macro impacts or micro impacts on the individual. But I think that would be kind of that life-changing experience for me.、Mm, that's really inspiring. Can you tell us a little bit more about how you got into your honors program and describe that whole experience a bit more as well? Sure. Yeah. For me, I got interested in honors because I wanted to go into academia at one point. So I think it was my second year where I really was like really gung ho about going into academia <laughs> and doing research. But eventually, that fizzled out for me because there's a lot of bureaucracy in academia, but also there aren't that many jobs right now, and it's very competitive. Uh, so I just didn't bother, and I didn't think that that's the choice I wanted to make. But for me, like honors was something again for academia, and then also the group I kind of surrounded myself with. They were all like mostly third or fourth year students in the sociology student. Club Association Society thing. I don't remember the name of it,、um, but a lot of those people that are like in that club. I'm not actually in it, but I just know a lot of people in it. They're very studious and they're kind of thinking about going into academia. And all of them kind of did their honors. So I was like, oh, this is interesting, and I thought it'd be interesting to kind of、uh, maybe think about some research topics that I could conduct on my own time to kind of do research and and. You know, come up with answers that I could share with the wider academic community or my peers. That kind of drives me to my next question: What does education mean to you? Education for me, I think, is just the pursuit of knowledge, in terms of just learning about different subjects and grasping and understanding it. Doesn't necessarily mean you have to get top marks to be educated, right? Cs get degrees after all,、uh. um, <laughs> but. I would say, like, just having the kind of philosophy for yourself to go out and learn and be educated on topics.、Mm, that's really insightful. Is there something you wish you had known prior to declaring your degree or major?、Um, I don't know. I feel like for me, I kind of went in as a blank slate, and、uh, mm -hmm. like I said, I just kind of rolled with the punches. So <laughs> I don't really have too many things that I I would. Hope to know before my degree, maybe just integrating myself into clubs more. But also, I just don't live on campus, so I never really integrated myself to clubs in、mm. clubs that often. So that's kind of one of the reasons why. But for somebody that's going into the university experience, definitely try to get into clubs. That's pretty important. 
there's a quote, I don't know who it's by, but the academics or academia essentially kind of is the brand of the university, but clubs and sports and all of these other th extracurricular activities are the soul of the university, essentially. This is coming from someone who's not part of any clubs. <laughs> <laughs> um, Me. <laughs> are there any common myths or misconceptions about sociology that you'd like to debunk? I know that sociology isn't something a lot of high school students would apply to a university hoping to pursue. It's more so something they actually discover and possibly, like yourself, fall in love with after taking a couple courses. Yeah, I think in terms of myths, I would apply this more to arts in general and the liberal arts. I think that the liberal arts degree is a useful degree. I think mm. there's a lot of misconception in terms of the workforce and schools that push students towards STEM-related fields. For and sure. I think that liberal arts courses are just as important. They have a purpose in society and STEM is not the only kind of <laughs> subject area that you have to pursue. Yes, you might not make as much money, but if you really did want to go make money, you would get a, you know, MBA or something, right? If you go into liberal arts, it is a rigorous program. You need to be smart in order to get into liberal arts. And depending on the kind of major you're in, there are scientific principles that also get kind of applied. So the social sciences, especially whether you're in like a political science, psychology or sociology, you still apply, you know, the same scientific methods that people in chemistry or physics apply in terms of theory and how you conduct research. So there's a sameness to arts and sciences, but there's also a difference in that I think you might think more critically in the liberal arts. It's interesting that you bring up having to be smart to pursue a liberal arts degree. And I think I can speak on that after taking my arts-based courses <laughs> and having to read papers on papers and trying yeah. to actually understand what they're saying. You know, coming with a science background, a lot of the times these are just words. And if you know them, you take it in. If you don't, then you skim over it. I think that's mm -hmm. a huge differentiation between science or STEM-based programs in comparison to liberal arts. Yeah. So there's always going to be like differences in terms of, you know, applying your knowledge, but the intelligence factor of any degree is going to be high because you had to get into a post-secondary institution in the first place. Of course. So I know you have quite a bit on your plate, especially as an honors student. Are there any major academic stressors that you've encountered during your time at UBC and how did you deal with them? Good question. Um, <laughs> I would say the reading load is mm. probably the biggest thing as a like a liberal arts student because we read so much. I think the misconception in terms of reading in university is that you have to read everything in depth. And this is true, I think, for some majors like philosophy requires you to really read in depth about whatever treatises that are brought up by a professor and stuff like that. But when you're reading like academic articles from journals or stuff, you quickly realize that there's a way in which you read things. So you read things by the conclusion and then the discussion. And then maybe you look at the methodology, depending on what you're reading. And that, you know, speeds up the process. You're not reading the entire thing. You're more or less skimming through articles in order to get through to the big points that you want to grasp right from those articles. So you also mentioned that you're pursuing a minor in philosophy. Have you been able to tie in the knowledge that you've learned in both sociology and philosophy into both of the courses or into your regular everyday life? Yeah, I definitely have been able to. 
a lot of sociology actually comes from older philosophers. So a lot、mm -hmm. of social theory comes from philosophy, whether it be you know Karl Marx or Michel Foucault, Jean-Paul Sartre. They're all philosophers first, and then sociologists second, essentially.、Mm. Um, and we take from those kinds of disciplines to. Produce the theoretical knowledge that we have, and then applying that theoretical knowledge in research to produce qualitative or quantitative data. But yeah, there is always some interplay between philosophy and sociology, and that I think goes with a lot of different liberal arts majors. Philosophy ties into English a lot of the time, political science as well in terms of social and political theory, even psychology in psychoanalysis. A lot of philosophy is applied.、Mm. I only ask that because a lot of the time students are learning material and they're asking themselves, "When am I ever going to apply this knowledge? <laughs> But when does this even matter?" And I know I've asked that question to myself time and time again.、Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's pretty interesting. I think、um, like when you get into the university environment, you get into things that you are interested in, and by doing so, you apply the knowledge that you're interested or the knowledge of the things that you're interested in. So. What do you consider has been your biggest failure as a student so far, and what did you learn from it? Hmm. I don't know if I. <laughs> I don't oh, know if I've you don't have a、failures. failure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I had big failures. Maybe、mm. failing my final. <laughs> But even at that, like you know, failing that final, I never really considered it a huge failure. More、mm. so, just kind of like a learning experience and figuring out what I like and what I dislike. Fair.、Uh, Can't really say I've failed in university that much, or for myself, <laughs> I haven't perceived the failure.、If、Maybe anything, I'll reword the question. What's sure. Something that you think you can do better as a student? Maybe organizationally, I could be a bit better as a student.、Oh. <laughs> I think I kind of slack off a little bit on reading sometimes, but、yeah. I eventually, I think like recently, or not recently, because we were in the pandemic and I don't really use paper that often anymore, but.、Mm. Um, when we were in real person school or in real life school, I started journaling kind of and、oh. like putting down stuff on paper, and I thought that was really useful in terms of planning out my days and keeping track of my weeks and what I had to do and finish. Sometimes I feel like you know Google Calendar is great because、uh, I can access it everywhere, but sometimes everything just gets lost in Google Calendar because it gets、yeah. cluttered. So、um, sometimes it's just nice to have like. A paper thing that you can carry and just quickly turn to when you're kind of like out of the zone and forgetting about what you have to do during the week or the day.、Mm. It also looks more professional when you pull out a notebook as opposed to your phone. <laughs> I mean, I guess yeah, <laughs> that's that's very yeah, yeah, it does. You ever push yourself outside of your comfort zone as a student? Research probably would be the area I push myself out of my comfort zone in because we have to confront, or as a researcher, you have to confront your own biases about the world. I guess I, as a caveat, I'd say I'm like a progressive <laughs> in terms of like my political views. <laughs> so sometimes when you're doing research, the things and the data that you're collecting might not necessarily. Add up to your worldview, and that's okay because you are learning more about the world. And I think it's kind of on your own interest to make sure that others know about the things that you found out. Not everybody is going to be the same thing because, unfortunately, a lot of research is done poorly. For <laughs> But, sure. <laughs>、um, you know, I think if we have students that are interested in kind of presenting facts with data, then that's really good. 
Is there someone you turn to for guidance, especially when you're confronting your own biases? I think my professors, so Tom Kempel, who's my honors thesis advisor, and also Rima Wilkes, who's another professor in the sociology department. They've been, you know, incredible mentors for me in terms of academically writing and and、uh, getting to know the system of academia, but also just to bounce ideas off of. Rima is a big free speech advocate,、um, and she has a lot of different views that she reconciles, and I really respect that of her because the academic community can sometimes be very abrasive and toxic,、mm. <laughs> but she pushes through that to、uh, kind of represent her own worldview and. She sticks to her convictions.、Mm. How did you go about approaching these professors to become mentors? I know that's something that a lot of students are intimidated by, especially、mm-hmm. like going to office hours and even just sending the professor an email. So, how do you go about that? I tend to find common themes that are interesting to myself and the professor. I'll use the example of Rima. We both care deeply about politics, and we're both interested about politics. So I email her about stuff regarding politics or different、um, things I find interesting in the news, and we kind of have those discussions. And then I think that's kind of just how we started talking. Essentially, Rima's a big advocate of calling people, so we called on the phone a lot to talk to each other about different things in depth. And I thought that was really interesting. With Tom, same thing. Different interests in terms of podcasts and stuff like that. So I'd send along things to him, and he'd send things back to me to listen to, and we just kind of discuss the topics that we were interested in. Recently, I think it's mainly been、uh, about political correctness and kind of like cancel culture and the kind of moral panics that are being produced around those topics between me and Tom. So that's how we kind of communicate from time to time. So really, just finding a common ground to connect on and. Not being afraid to reach out about it. Yeah, exactly. The thing is, professors are really busy, and sometimes they may seem scatterbrained or something because they're so busy. So I think as students, we have to take the initiative in reaching out to them because when you're in a lecture hall with a hundred or two hundred people, they're not going to get to know everybody. So、mm-hmm. you have to take that first contact in saying hi in person or sending an email and. And going to those office hours, right? Obviously, it might be awkward the first couple times, but I think that as you get to know the individual, you get to open up and talk about a lot, or talk about a lot more topics.、Mm-hmm. What kind of career prospects are open to sociology graduates? So you mentioned earlier that that's something that a lot of people are turned away from, especially when it comes to liberal arts. But what options are open to you? So, as a sociology student, I think. The degree itself is like a very general degree, unless you do like a emphasis on quantitative analytics, so like social statistics essentially.、Mm-hmm. But if you do kind of something qualitative, it's not as much as a hard skill essentially. So I think as a sociology student, you kind of have to think about the skills you develop, not just. In terms of like the course name, so what I mean by that is like some courses are blatantly called like social statistics, and you can put that on a resume, and somebody will be like, ah, he knows how to use like R, <laughs> or、yeah. he knows how to do like、um, p values, like, yeah, yeah, gotcha, he knows、gotcha. p values and regressions, right? But in other cases, you have to kind of say like, oh, you know how to do like critical analysis. What does that mean, right? 
that means, for example, for myself, we do a lot of literary research, historical, like literary research in terms of digging up old academic articles to do analysis over. That also ties into literary analysis or literary research, right?、Mm-hmm. And that's also a skill that people use. So. People like lawyers, for example, use a lot of those skills in terms of reading documents, and a lot of sociology students end up pursuing their JDs because、oh. that's an interesting career path, right? Same with history majors, actually. But yeah, you kind of have to take the skills that you think aren't really skills and reword them essentially when you're creating resumes or cover letters, because the skills you develop in university. Are important and they are critical、uh, thinking and researching skills. It's just a matter of you drawing out those skills from the things you learn. That's really insightful. Did you find that there are any resources in particular that have helped you along your way to becoming an honor student or just where you are now? I think definitely the clubs, obviously, because you get to talk to people and they have a lot of different experiences and they kind of open new doors and new perspectives to the university experience. Even if you don't join those clubs, like just showing up to those events, I think are useful, right? So you're not tied down essentially. Yeah. But professors are also an amazing resource. I think I've been blessed in that the sociology department honestly has. Some of the nicest profs. I don't think I've ever met anybody that's been mean or like didn't want to talk to me or something. So、mm. that's been really helpful as a student. But also reach out to your, you know, your undergrad chair or your honors chair if you're interested in pursuing those kinds of degrees because they know the most and their job is to help students. So reach out to those people. They're always nice people, I think, and they're very helpful. So previously you mentioned that you read a lot. And <laughs> yeah, for, <laughs> yeah. And after yeah, a while, after a while, it can probably get to be quite mundane and almost redundant. Do you、mm-hmm. ever feel burnt out? And how do you stay motivated when you do? Because you obviously can't put those papers aside and say, "I'm not going to read them and go into your exam empty-handed." Yeah, that's a really good question. I think reading-wise, it's difficult because a lot of the philosophy or social theory that I end up reading can be very dense. So to take time out, I think it's just for me to stay motivated. I just go to YouTube、oh. <laughs> and just watch videos. I love watching different political commentators talk about different kinds of social theory that I'm reading, and I think that gives me a different lens in terms of how I'm learning my social theory. So people like Hassan Piker or channels like Second Thought, I think those are great places for me to go to、um, in order to get a different lens and just to remove myself from like reading. I can just listen to somebody talk about something, and I find that I get to understand those topics better by listening to those individuals. Do you have any advice for someone who's considering going into sociology? Enjoy the journey in terms of your first year and second year courses. Roll with the punches. <laughs> essentially, yeah, because. Sociology is such a broad field. When we talk about like society and social structures and institutions and the kind of micro interactions that occur in everyday life, you can take so much from it, right? That's why sociology bleeds into criminology. It bleeds into social psychology and political science because it is literally everywhere, right? And all the social interactions we take. So I think really just getting a solid foundation in terms of the general theory, 
and then upgrading into things that you're interested in. And this doesn't have to come from courses. It, you know, it might, you might just take like random courses to see what kind of more specialized interests you have, but it might just be things that you are interested on your free time or in your free time. So people who like food might do something about like the sociology of food or people <laughs> that like music do uh, something about the sociology of music, right? right? And those all still have sociological aspects to it that you can always do research about. So what do you think is the most important quality a student should have? I think having an open mind to just discussions and topics within the university setting. I think when you are in the setting of a university, it's best to be challenged in terms of what you believe in and to also have the conviction to talk authentically about the convictions you have. Perhaps this is more of like a liberal arts thing because <laughs> I'm not sure how much or how many convictions you can have about, you know, Newton's laws of physics or whatever. But when you're when you're um, in, you know, philosophy or sociology, people have different opinions. And yeah. um, when you go into a setting where you can kind of express those opinions to others and talk about it and come to consensus or disagreements, I think that is kind of the best experience you can have as a university student. And you can't really have that outside of the university setting because not everybody is on the same wavelength as you or has read the same stuff as you. So that I think is the most qual important quality to have. I actually love that you brought that up, especially in my science focused courses. I don't really get the opportunity to discuss or share ideas with other students. But when I took sociology or psychology and they put us into discussions we were able to debate and kind of discuss controversial topics and even mm -hmm. though you know people are on opposite ends of a spectrum it's still interesting to see what kind of perspectives are out there yeah exactly yeah, yeah. before we move on to some more personal questions i want to ask if you're currently pursuing co-op or if you have any career goals or next steps in mind yeah, currently I am doing a co-op term. I'm working with Global Affairs Canada as a student analyst. Um, so just a lot of like quantitative analytics in terms of graphing and stuff like that. As putting uh, your stats knowledge to use. Yeah, <laughs> essentially putting my stats knowledge into use. I just plop my uh, social statistics course code into my resume <laughs> and I got the job. But yeah, that's kind of the career path I'm in right now. I hope to do some policy analysis in the future. Mm. So I want to pursue that kind of career path, whether it be with the uh, public sector in terms of the government or the federal government or, you know, nonprofits in terms of different think tanks. I think that's kind of my career path right now. Is grad school something you're considering at all? Yeah, it is something I'm considering probably in the next couple years. It doesn't oh. seem like a lot of people that try to pursue a, or I should, I should have started with, I want to pursue a master's in public policy, <laughs> but people that want to pursue a master's in public policy tend to get some real world experience in the job first and then right. go pursue it. Yeah. Mm. All right. So you sound like you're extremely passionate about sociology and <laughs> the ongoings of this world. What is the most favorite thing about your program? Hmm. Honestly, or you can choose like top three if you have too many. <laughs> I think it's just the professors that I've met in the department have been really inspiring to me because of their work. 
I know it's kind of like a vague question or a vague answer, but I think UBC has like an amazing department of professors that are really nice people and they really know their stuff and they're really integrated into academic community, not just in Canada, but abroad as well. And there's a wide range of interests uh, in my department that people kind of delve into. So because of that, we have a variety of sociological topics that we can discuss and kind of take in terms of courses. So I think that's probably my favorite thing in terms of my degree right now. Mm, that's really sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Do you find that these professors are the ones who inspire you the most? Or is there another public figure who you really look up to? Yeah, I think I think I would say the professors that I interact with, they're definitely the people that inspire me the most in terms of like academia and their kind and their way of like carrying themselves in academia, but also just how they carry themselves in everyday life in terms of the debates they get themselves into and oh. stuff like that, right? So they're open-minded people. And I think that philosophy of open-mindedness to circle back to what's important or what's an important kind of trait to have as a student is something that is represented in them as well. Mm. All right. So we're going to dive into some fun questions just before we wrap <laughs> things up. But this conversation has been really, really fun so far. So if you had $100 million, what would you choose to spend it on and why? If I had $100 million, hmm. I think that's a song. Is it? I, I don't actually know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know either. Honestly, I can't fathom having that much money, first of all. But I would probably like donate half of it or like, you know, like 60, 70% of it off mm. to charity first. I think the world could use that money better than I can. Mm. Um, Especially right now. Yeah, exactly. Right. I don't think I need that much money to be happy. But if I had the leftovers, I think I'd probably buy like a Tesla or something. All right. All right. <laughs> Save the planet when I'm driving, I think. But yeah, I, I think that would be that would be what I would do with the hundred million. If you could compare yourself to any animal, which one would it be and why? Hmm, good question. I think I'd be like a, like a German Shepherd or something. They're oh. like smart dogs and they're like loyal. And I think I'm pretty loyal to my friends and I'd like to think of myself as being intelligent. So <laughs> that, would okay. the, uh, that would be the animal. And final question. Do you have any book recommendations for our listeners? Book recommendations. Uh, very good question. I'm currently reading Michel Foucault's Discipline and Punish. That's pretty good. Talks a lot about power and its relation with the states and how it's enacted through the prison system. So I thought that's a classic social theory book that people can read. But yeah. Amazing. Well, Brian, thank you so much for your time. That was really fun and really interesting. I didn't know that there was so much to sociology. Do you have any final messages you'd like to say to our listeners? Pursue your dreams. <laughs> you know, <laughs> roll with the punches roll in the punches. Uh, in school. Don't set too high of an expectation for yourself if you think it's too difficult to get to. Be realistic with your goals. I think that's that's really important in university or else you'll get burned out really quick. That's really important. 
So anyways, we're going to wrap it up here. Again, thank you so much for joining us today. To all of our listeners, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at 2X Education to learn more about 2X and to keep up with our updates. That's all for today. We'll catch you on the next episode of Crew X by 2X. Bye.